Warning, this the 50th episode of the Spyrokin Manga View contains sexual innuendos, cursing, juvenile delinquency, destruction of property, pervert acts, and the greatest motherfucking teacher in the world. Listener discretion is advised.
episode 50. Underage girls with F-cup boobs? Teacher Banzai! Hello and welcome to the 50th installment of the Spirekin Mong Review. Can you believe it? We've made it to 50 episodes. Either way, I'm your host Zan. How you doing? If you're coming back again to listen to us again, welcome back. And if you're new, thank you for listening. Spirekin, for those who don't know, is a society that provides information reviews about manga. Pretty much what happens is... Every episode, I'll review one to two manga, depending on the situation, if I have a cohort or not, and give you a little bit of information about it. You know, the characters, synopsis, what my feelings are about it. So that way you don't go to a bookstore and say, hey, this manga looks really cool because it's got a shiny plastic cover. And then you flip into it, and it turns out the manga sucks. I do all the dirty work, and it gives you a little bit of a taste of other stuff besides just the generic crap that most people review. And trust me, I'm not biased on these. I actually have a system of how I choose my mangas. If you don't agree with me, it's no problem, but I'd prefer if you do. So, what is new in the Spirekin Manga Review world? Well, first off, this Sunday, I was at the Sakura Matsui in Brooklyn Botanic Gardens, and I had a great time. I've actually put up a lot of the pictures. It looks really cool. And of course, you can actually see a picture of myself, Zan. And I showed it to a couple people, including Fightbait, and he's like, I thought you were fat. I'm surprised. Do I have a fat voice? Do I sound like I'm fat? I hope not. But... You know, hope you enjoyed. I hope I'm what you guys think I look like. You guys will not be disappointed. Anyway, on to other news. I had a lot of fun at the Sakura Matsui. It was a lot of fun. What happened was when me, Belchan, and the infamous No Name, he's going to be a reviewer soon, went there. It was a lot of fun. We first went to check out the bonsais, and after that, we walked around, saw a couple of insane otaku roadies. We hung around the J pop lounge for a little bit, and we saw Uncle Yo. And then after that, we went to the main pavilion and listened to some lady from Brooklyn rant about how awesome Brooklyn was. We went to the Funny Voices panel with Rachel Lillis, Veronica Taylor, Tom Welling, and um, I don't remember his name, unfortunately, but he does just generic background characters in One Piece. And of course, how can I forget? We also went to Samurai Sword Soul, which is awesome. Unfortunately, I had to leave a little bit early because since I was with two other people, we all kind of had to get up really early to get down there because we're about an hour away. It was kind of rough, but it's no worries. We were able to make it there on time, and we had a lot of fun, and even though I missed the ending, I didn't get to see any of the singers. Well, no worries. There's always next year, and I will be attending other functions, including Anime Next at the Garden State Exhibit Center, which is at the Doubletree Somerset Hotel, which is the 12th through 14th, so check that out. Hopefully I'll see you there. And for those of you who were looking for me that were there and you missed me, don't worry. If you have a picture of yourself at the Sakura Matsui that was not photoshopped and that can prove that you were there, I will send you one of my t-shirts that I created for the people who could find me. I've already sent out three. I've got a couple more going out. So, anyway, there's one other big piece of news. Now, for those of you who remember when I started out this 50 episodes ago, I had a co-host. Her name was Mason, and as you can see, I'm saying had because, well, she doesn't really have a lot of time left. She can be a guest host, but she's not really a main part of the show anymore. Well, the reason why Mason, real name Jen, this is an episode where I'm revealing, revealing a lot, so don't worry. But anyway, Jen, what happened was that she had to leave for certain reasons. I said it was because she was sick, but turned out she was getting married. Well, there's a little more to it than that. I'm not going to get into the details because it's more her story than mine, but long story short... As of about a week ago, ironically, the same day as I went to the Sakura Matsui, well, Jen and Wolfson, he will remain nameless, unfortunately, because he prefer not to, but Jen, aka Mason, gave birth to a new young lady 
who is the newest otaku in the world. So congratulations, Jen, a.k.a. Mason. Congratulations, Mason, for bringing a new otaku into this world. And I hope you guys are going to do good. You guys are great people, and you're going to be great parents. Uh, so that's about it in the world of Spider-Man Review. Of course, you can check me out on Anime 3000 and on the Fight Bait Anime and Gaming Podcast. So let me get into the news after this little break. Hey, gang. Check out what other people have had to say about the Alpha Paddle podcast. But anyway, it's all subjective, and yeah, it's pointless to argue about this. And then, and then you... Kent from Upper Paddle will say, "Well, excuse me, but I think bobbity bobbity baba," and then it'll go on forever. Yeah. Wait, that wasn't really that good. What else have people been saying about me? Kent is a prick. Yeah, if you could like lock Kent in the back or something, then it'd be fun. Kent. From up a paddle. Wow, I've been going for three years and that's the best I can do. But if you're morbidly curious or just can't get enough of anime, video game, or movie podcasts, check me out at upapaddle.com. That's U P A P A D D L E.com. Or search for up a paddle in the iTunes directory. The Up a Paddle Podcast. Not really that good of a podcast. Definitely check out Kent's podcast. It's really cool. It's really worth checking out. And with that in mind, we are now in the news segment of the show. Because, of course, this is the 50th episode, so we've got only three news segments for this episode. Now, let's start off with a kind of mellow one to start off with. Now, for those of you who don't know, there was an old manga named Video Girl Eye. Very cool, very strange. It's about this guy who found a girl on a videotape. Anyway. Long story short, the creator of this, Masakazao Katsura, she also did Shadow Lady, a personal favorite of mine. What happened is she got hired to draw the cover for the Japanese version of Jules Verne's novel, Two Years Vacation, or Dus As de Vacanes, which is a pretty cool book. A little weird, but it's interesting. It's cool because of the fact that she's drawing the cover art for one of these novels, and a lot of times the Japanese cover arts compared to the original book sucks. I mean, I'll tell you this now, the Harry Potter in Japanese looks really bad. I mean, it's not as bad as the American versions, the original ones anyway, but it's bad. But this is cool because it got mangaka drawing these ones. It's not just her working on it. Also, you have Kazuki Funatsu, who created Addicted to Curry. He's doing 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. And then, of course, the creator of Nadia, Secret of Blue Water, Kurt Betten, is going to be working on... Five Weeks in a Balloon, and The Survivors of the Chancellor. Never heard of that one, actually, so this is kind of cool and kind of interesting. Now let's get on with some more somber and depressing news. Now, this Tuesday, the creator of Aino Katachi, which is Murasaki Yamada, she passed away, unfortunately. She died at 60. It's kind of depressing and sad. And now, something to lighten the mood just a little bit. This one is awesome and great. And last episode, if you remember, I told you that CPM Central Park Media had filed for Chapter 7, which means they're liquidating all assets, getting rid of every single fucking thing they own because they have nothing left. They owe $1 million in debt, and they've made a total profit of $100,000. They are fucked. So, unfortunately, a lot of stuff will disappear for all eternity, which sucks because stuff like Gal Force and um, I'm trying to think of some other stuff Slayers was sold to Funimation, but a lot of stuff is going to disappear forever. But four titles have been picked up by ADV, and that is awesome. 
I mean, first you got Grave of the Fireflies, a great Studio Ghibli movie, just very depressing. You have the world of Narui, which was... I'm not going to lie, I didn't like it. You have Now and Then, Here and There, which was a post-apocalyptic creepy show, which was... I didn't like that one either, because I had kids having... Anyway. And then finally, the one which I'm very happy that ADV picked up, which will be bought again for the double dipping. MD Geist. The most dangerous Geist has been saved for its awesomeness, which is great and cool. And this is truly, truly great. And they're saying it's going to be released July 28th, so I am pleased and happy. It's awesome. Uh, so... After a little geekasm, that's all the news really that's going on in the manga world. So let's get on with something a little more present, a little more fun, a little more interesting. And what am I talking about? But of course, the review for this week. And this review is one of my most favorite series. This is actually the first series I really completed that was over 30 volumes long. And it was worth it. It was worth spending the much and waiting for it and waiting for it. And I bought the series out of order, but it was worth it. So you're probably going to guess what I'm going to give this. Or maybe not. I don't know. So let me tell you what I'm going to be reviewing. For this week in the Spire Command Review, I'm going to be reviewing GTO Great Teacher Onizuka which was created by Toru Fujisawa, originally published by Kodansha, currently being released by Tokyopop. It's been completed, which is nice. Uh, it's a shonen. Originally came out around May 97 and ended 2002 with 25 volumes, also made into a TV series and a movie and an anime. And the cool thing, which all of the manga say on the back, is that the TV series, the final episode, had the most viewers out there completely. And I do not doubt it because the TV series was awesome. The anime was great and all of them are different interpretations of this cool and great series. Now, what is GTO about? Besides the fact it is a comedy drama school thing. As you can guess it's about great teacher Onizuka, who his real name is Akichi Onizuka. Now he is this 22 year old, well, hormonal, bleached haired, biker, virgin, and he originally was a Bozozoku, which pretty much means he was a biker punk. And he also was the protagonist, the original main character of two other series, Bad Company and the Shonen Gumi Jumi, or as they now title it in America, GTO, the early years. So I'm not going to get into those because those are for a different podcast. So let me give you the setup. Now at this point in his life, Onizuka Ikichi is a 22-year-old college student at Eureza College, which is not the best college to go to. It's actually a fifth-rate college, which means that it's bottom of the barrel. He actually faked his way to get in. He paid someone to take his exam, and because he's so stupid, he couldn't get anywhere else. It's filled with delinquents and other people who are just as bad as him, and he's actually popular. And he's currently the president of the Karate Club because he has to get rid of his energy somehow, you know? got to work on it, got to punch a little bit and just get his aggression out. And he's good at that. He's good at being a biker punk. He's good at doing stupid things, but he's not that smart. When it opens up, he's actually going for an interview. And you see him with the thug haircut. And they're doing his interview and he's like, okay, you dropped out of a high school, but you passed your entrance exams and got into Eurasia College. You handle heavy machinery. You got an oversized vehicle license and know how to do arc welding. You got second degree black belt in karate. You got 85 fights under your belt, but only 82 of them were not sanctioned. And you're very violent. Your goal is to take home 8 million yen a year, make friends with movie stars, and have an unlimited expense account. And they're like, are you fucking with us? He's like, no, I'm dead serious. Honesty's my policy. Because of his honesty and these really insane standards that he has, he can't get a fucking job anywhere if it doesn't have to deal with 
basic labor. I mean, he does get a job at a construction site, but the problem is that you see some biker punks out there saying, Hey, weren't you the Bokatsu, the leader of the one gang? Yeah. You want to go hang out with us? No, I gotta work. You sure? We're riding bikes? Okay, fuck you, job. I'm done. He means well, but he can't hold the job, and because of that, a lot of shit happens to him. And what happens is he has so many rejection letters, he's actually sitting in his customary place, which is under an escalator, so he can look back and look up skirts, and he's got like a hundred letters, like, I have enough of these, I can start my own fucking job fair. He's also a little depressed because of the fact that his best friend, Ryuji, one of his best friends he's known for years, and also the other leader of the biker gang he used to be part of, actually made it for himself. He's no longer a virgin, he's got a girlfriend with huge tits, which he constantly wants to play hide the nipple with, which gets Ryuji beating the shit out of him. And he's doing well, he owns his shop and everything, and he's just kind of like, what the fuck am I going to do? What happens is that, because of his perverted ways, he looks up and this girl says, hey, you're looking at my panties. This young teenage girl, and one thing leads to another, and he lies to her saying, oh, I'm this writer, everything's all good. And he gets her to, well, go out with him, and this girl's really depressed because her boyfriend's a complete and utter fucking schmuck. And, well, long story short, they end up going to have naughty time, and what happens? turns out her boyfriend that she's pissed off at is her teacher, a 40-year-old balding man. He's like, so the girl jumps out of a window into her teacher's arms like, oh, I'm sorry, sensei. And he's like, what? And he, he just goes back to Ruichi's house. And he's like, you know what? I've, I've decided something. I'm ready. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to become a teacher. I'll be so good. My name will be legendary. I'm going to be a great teacher the greatest teacher in Japan and that's my goal in life so he cuts his hair changes his hairstyle so his hair is completely died down takes out most of his earrings he's got the three on his one ear left and so now he's a teacher in training which is kind of cool a little bit lofty goal for a biker punk but hey with goals that he wants to meet an underage girl to pretty much become his girlfriend and have sex with there's nothing wrong with that just a little bit so he gets accepted to this school for his student training and what happens is that they say, okay, we're going to assign all the teachers to different things, and they'll be your mentors, blah, blah, blah. You don't need to know this crap. And what happens is that he's assigned to class O, and he's under the impression, oh, it's going to be with all these hot women who are really voluptuous, and there won't be any guys in the class, and they'll become his harem, so on and so forth. And when he gets to the classroom, to his surprise, it's full of bunch of hooligans and women who look like they're stuck in the 70s with long skirts, really bad hair, and pretty fucking ugly. And so he goes, says, hi, I'm Akichi Onizuka, I'm your new student teacher, how are you doing? And immediately a guy stands up, he's like, oh, you want to be my friend? Well, you're not really pretty, but hey, I'll take a friend when I can. Goes to shake his hand, the guy spits in his face like, yeah, let's give that student teacher lots of shit, woo! Pretty much he's come to the class where they are going to eat him fucking alive. And he, because of, he doesn't want to lose this job, he doesn't, he wants to be a teacher, he can't beat the shit out of these kids with like, what are you going to do with that fist? You hit me, I'll call the cops, and then you'll be in fucking trouble. And he's just like, so he has to hold it in, deal with these kids who are pretty much treating him like crap. The only sunny point in his class is this girl, Nanako Mizuki, who, she says, call me Nana. And she's flirting with him and being nice, and he's kind of happy. She's like the one sunny point. The rest of it sucks. And what happens is one day he's going home, and he sees Nanaka sitting there crying. And she's like, Sensei, I need help. And so he takes her back to his very shitty apartment, which, well, is really bad. And he's thinking, I could take her, I could have sex with her. And she says, uh, Sensei, I have a problem. He's like, what's your problem? And 
she says this whole spiel about how her family's rich and that there's no love in the house and that she's going to be sent to marry this guy, blah, blah, blah. He's like, well, he's thinking, what can I do? I shouldn't be taking advantage of her. And he says, well, don't worry about it. Things will get better. And she starts taking her clothes like, what are you doing? Uh, are you hot? Is that? Uh, and then you hear, turns out three of the hooligans took a picture and like, you better pay us the money or else we're going to show this around. You're going to go to jail, be a pervert. They're going to consider you a pedophile. You're never going to work again. And Akichi's like, what? Um. And he just is not talking, and he says, Nanako, was, was everything you just said a lie? And she's like, why would I go to a teacher for help? And he's just so pissed off. And so, next scene you see is you see the three punks kind of like in a park saying, yeah, we're going to get at least a million yen out of this guy, because if he doesn't pay up, we're going to show us he's going to be in deep trouble, and we're going to get money and you know typical rantings and they hear motorcycles say hey you shut up don't fuck with us we're the three trio of Kikuchi High we'll kill you and so these guys suddenly see how many bikers are there's like hundreds of them and who's at the head of it yep you guessed it Onizuka and they're like oh hey teach he's like nah not now I quit you see leading a class following the rules I'm over that and this will be good because I don't have to look at your bloody faces when I go back to class now and he starts saying, how to proceed, gentlemen. How about I light your earlobes with my Zippo? You guys look like you can use a swim. And he's like, whoa, 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 step back. We're students. We got pictures. We'll turn them in. You lay a finger on us, you'll never teach again. Thinking, oh, they're going to be so tough to this teacher. Next thing you know, they're hanging upside down, being dunked into a river over and over again. And like, Sensei, please protect us. And he's like, so when you need my help, I'm your Sensei, but when... I'm trying to teach you and I'm trying to be there for you. You shit on me? Fuck that. Listen. You see, teachers are people too. They get pissed off just like anyone else. And they get snapped. You get me? And you dirtbag said this to me. If I don't become a teacher, it's your fault. And that means I'll make what's left of your lady lives a living hell. So the next scene we see is it's about a day later. And he's hanging out with Ryuji and he's like... Uh, yeah, so this is what happened. You think I still have a job after this? And we're just like, what are you, fucking retarded? You tortured your students. I'm surprised they're even going to let you work. You might go to jail for this. He's like, and he's like, uh, a 14-year-old bride at 40 years old. Because that's been his goal for the time. He's like, uh, that's all I wanted to do. I just wanted to do that. He's like, what am I going to do now? And he's, Rouge is looking around. He sees a guy with a pinch perm and a gold pin saying, well, there's some bone-crushing talent looking for you. He's like, don't look at him. If you look, if I look at him, oh, he's going to hire me and I'm going to come to Yakuza. So he's dreading going to school because he's pretty sure he's fucked because, well, torturing your students is not a good thing. Not at all. And as he's depressed about his whole situation, suddenly one of his fellow teachers, who's a major pervert, ends up hooking up with a lot of girls and has to do this school year over again. Minor character, doesn't show up again. Runs in... And says, Onizuka, they want to hire you full-time. You have to come and see this. And what happens is when he gets to school, all of his students are outside the school cleaning up, making everything look nice. Like, Onizuka-sensei showing up! Attention! Thank you, Onizuka, for the very important lesson you gave us this weekend! <laughs> Turns out that they respected him for beating the shit out of them, and he's earned their respect. Now all these rumors are running around the school. Oh my god, Onizuka, he's the student teacher and he tamed the evil class O. He's the best ever. And they're treating him like a god. He's sitting there, they're giving him a beer, they're actually listening and learning, and he's actually doing really good. 
He's like, oh my god, I might actually become a teacher. And of course, who comes to harass him? But Nanako saying, we were working together, I know it. And he's like, get away from me, you bitch, you screwed me. And well, it turns out that Nanako, it turns out that Nanako has real problems. She wasn't lying when she said that she was issues with her rich parents. It turns out that they used to be poor and they lived in a one-room apartment and they were actually together and they were close and they cared about each other. And once they became rich, the family broke apart. You know, dad started being out all the time and mom had her own business and they weren't a family anymore. She was depressed about this, so she starts living at Onizuka's house for like a week. And at one point he actually thinks about raping her, dressed up as a wolf, which was a really funny stage. And when she brings it up, he's like, you can't stay with me. You got your own home. And she gets pissed off at him because he's like, fuck you, you're... You're just a teacher like all the other ones. You didn't give a shit. Because she would have slept with him, probably. She would have lived with him. And she just wanted a little home to have. And, you know, he was just like, you live with me. It's going to suck. And so what happens is that he ends up showing up at her house about a week, not a week, like a couple days later, with a sledgehammer, without his shirt on, looking like a bum, and proceeds to cause collateral damage to the house which is fucking hysterical because I was like what the fuck are you doing why are you destroying this wall because what happens is her parents were sleeping in different bedrooms and there was a wall between them sorry about that and he breaks the wall a big hole and he's like look I broke that wall you gotta do the rest and he pretty much is teaching her that you know you gotta mend the thing between them and he, he's a nice lesson and as he's leaving turns out that his students are really sad that he's leaving and they want to become a real teacher at the end Nanako realizes I was a fuck up and blah and she's in love with him and she's going to wait for him forever is she going to show up again? No but it shows that you know he is a good teacher just that his methods are very violent and brutal and retarded and now this pretty much sets up the rest of the series because well Onizuka is cut up into three parts you have this first little prologue which just sets up okay he first he wants to become a teacher and his student teaching which is about two books then after that it's all takes place because he eventually gets a job at the holy forest academy which is where the majority of the story takes takes place and well pretty much the rest of it is the other two parts is the first part when he's the first year he's at the school and the second part is when the new principal shows up and it's the second part of it. And this is where it's pretty unique because Holy Forest is the main setting for this story. And it's a pretty interesting place. But it's really funny when he gets to Holy Forest because originally Onizuka wasn't even going to go to Holy Forest. What happened was that he missed an exam. Now this exam tells teachers where they're qualified to teach at. And because he's a moron, he thought he didn't need to take it. And when he found he had to take it in order to work at a public school, he's like, Oh fuck, what am I going to do? And so he goes, and he missed a test, and the only places which will accept him are private schools. So he ends up looking around, he finds one school that'll take him, which will be his interview place, and that's Holy Forest. And when he goes there, he meets this teacher named Azuka, and she becomes the quote-unquote love interest of him, and she really likes him. Azuka is, or Fuyutsuki-sensei, what happens is they meet on a train, and there's this old man who's groping her ass, and Onizuka proceeds to save her by beating the shit out of the guy and saying get your paws off her you dirty old man and he proceeds to beat up the old guy and the old man is very flustered and he's like well I'll report you he's like well fine tell him where to find me I'm a Kichi Onizuka 22 years old karate student I'm trying to be a teacher and he's like you're a punk nothing else and so he talks to Vyutsuki sensei and they start hitting it up and she's you know same age 22 years old went to a private school very intelligent and very nice 
and she's pretty simple and pretty cool and even points out the reason why the guy was groping her is because her panties are showing and she's like oh god oh god so he gives her his jacket just kind of they're flirting and things are going nice and what happens is it turns out they're both applying for the similar job he's going for a sociology teacher his uh, resume is hysterical he's like i want to be a sociologist because i like being social to people and playing video games but anyway, so he gets ready to go to the interview and deal with the panel of teachers who's going to interview him. And when he gets there, who's in the middle? You guessed it. The old fucker who he beat the shit out of. Turns out he is the vice principal of the school, Uchi Yamada. So you can guess, he's pretty much boned. The minute he walks in, the teachers are like, oh, hello, applicant number 22. Oh, I know him very well. Akichi Onizuka, 22 years old, college karate club captain. He's like, oh, fuck, I'm screwed. And so he fails the interview horribly with them saying, oh, you're nothing, you're a trash, you're a punk, you look like a hooligan. Who goes to an interview with blonde hair and earrings in his ear? This is some kind of joke. You're scum, you're worthless. And so he leaves, and Fusuki's like, where are you going? And he's like, don't worry, you get the job. And the principal sees you like, oh, I'm sorry about that whole problem with the whole groping. It wasn't my fault. It was a misunderstanding, I swear. So at this point, it looks like Onizuka's dreams of getting a 14-year-old bride at the age of 40 is out the window. Well, 16 years old. He's not trying to be a complete pedo. 16's legal. But he ends up going to the school store where there's this old lady running it. And he tells her, like, the reason why that they won't hire me is because they think I'm trash. It's been the case since I was a kid. Teachers always said I'm good for nothing, I'm worthless. And, you know, maybe they're right. If you get told to you too many times, you're you're gonna start believing it and so he gets ready to leave and he sees or hears these three punks saying where the fuck are you uchi yamada where are you you coward turns out these three kids were expelled from the school and they want their revenge and the old lady says well if you deal with this problem maybe the vice principal will have a change of heart and he'll reconsider your application so as these three guys are waving around baseball bats and knives and stuff onizuka steps in front of the principal and's like you, if you want to hurt his bald head, you have to deal with me, applicant number 22, Akichi Onizuka. And immediately, Uchimato's like, Onizuka-sensei! He's like, you were trained to be a, a martial artist, right? If you deal with this, I'll give you the job. No problem, no questions. He's like, that easy? So he's just got beat with these kids. And so behind Onizuka, he, the vice principal's like, you guys are scum, and Onizuka-sensei will teach here. And like, what? he got blonde hair. Why are you hiring him? You won't let us? I got in trouble because I smoked a cigarette? He's like, well, you're trash. That's why you're worthless and horrible. And he's going to take out the trash and deal with your poor ways. And you were nothing but horrible ingrates. And Onizuka, thinking about this for a second, grabs the vice principal and proceeds to do a German suplex to Uchiyamada. And the other teachers are just shocked that he did this to the vice principal, knocking him out. And they say, what did you do? Why did you attack the principal? You just attacked the wrong person. like, no. The reason why these kids are like this is because you have teachers like that putting them down all the time. It's because they're being indoctrinated into this that they are just worthless when they're not. And the other teachers are like, well, why would you want to do this? You're a horrible teacher. He's like, well, I wouldn't want to be a teacher if this is the last school on earth. And he turns to the three hooligans and tells them, I got your revenge for you guys. I'm out of here. And as the guys just stop, Look at him, look at Onizuka, look at the principal, and they just walk out. And as they're walking out, they're saying, uh, sorry, we ruined your interviews. Like, I wouldn't want to work at that place anyway. 
So he gets hired there because not because he beat the shit out of the principal, but because the old lady at the school store, she's the chairman of the board. And when he finds out, he's like, what? I thought you were the canteen lady. And she's like, Akichi Onizuka, 22 years old. You've had a lot of run-ins with the law, haven't you? She's looking through his huge rap sheet and she's like, well, okay, here's the deal. Here's your handbook. Here's this thing. You're hired. He's like, what? He's like, but why? She's like, well, here's the reason why, young Onizuka. I need someone like you to be working for me because of the fact that you were able to get to those kids that you did do a German suplex that I want you to use your strength to fix this school because this school has problems. And I want you just to use that strength and power to just become the defender of this school and right the wrongs in this school. So he gets hired at Holy Force and they assign him to this problem class. 3-4, or originally 2-4, then 3-4. And this class is full of a bunch of kids who, for certain reasons, want to have revenge on teachers and they abuse them and do horrible things to them. They've driven one teacher to suicide. One teacher became bulimic and joined a cult. When he goes to the cult, it's hysterical because she was hot and then you see her just gigantic living in a room eating corned beef and watching Speed Racer. And you just see, like, these kids drive these teachers insane. And each one of them has their reasons why they hate teachers. And Onizuka kind of worms his way into it. I can go on and on about all this because it's pretty long. 35 volumes is pretty fucking long. But... Eventually, he does deal with these students in their own way and gets each one of them to worm to... They, he wears them down, and they end up joining the Onizuka cause. Because you have the one kid who's a computer specialist who ends up photoshopping Onizuka's head on really provocative pictures. And he's like, he'll I'll drive him insane by showing these evil pictures of him and doing this and doing that. And Onizuka is like, this is really good work. But listen, I want you to do this for me. I want you to take this supermodel's head and put it on this hot playmate's body. And keep doing that, and then mixing this and that. It'll look awesome, and I'll give you money for it. No? You don't want money for it? Okay, I'll give you all my porn DVDs and money just for this. Okay? Cool. I'll see you in two weeks. <laughs> and the guy's like, what? This should have scared him off. Why didn't it? It works. And you have another student who is this just mama's boy, and what happens is he ends up, well... I don't want to get into all of it. I really don't. But it's like Onizuka works his own way of thinking because he is a complete and utter moron. I'm not going to lie. He falls for stupid things like it turns out that one of the characters has trauma in her past. And in Japanese, Tora and Ama would be tiger and horse. So when he says trauma, immediately he pictures this weird lion horse creature that's harassing this student. He's like, I will go kill the Tarama and then you will be safe. And the student who's a genius like, you're a complete utter fucking moron. I like you. I mean, I could go on and on about this. And I know this isn't like my usual review, which is very concise and organized. And this is all over the fucking place. But it doesn't matter because it's Onizuka. And I would not be doing a great service if I did an order. I have to do it completely all over the place because this show is everywhere. The manga is everywhere. The TV show is everywhere. And it's really cool. Now... There are a lot of running gags in this, one of them being that a lot of times Onizuka, he'll dress up as different characters for no apparent reason. Like at one point, one of the students glues two bowling balls to his hand, and he ends up, for some reason, I don't know how the fuck he does it, but he ends up looking like Doramon for half of the chapter. He's like, who are you? I'm Doramon from the future. It's like, you're Doramon? Yes. Look, ball for hands. I'm from the Suzamo gang. Oh, then later... 
he breaks the bowling balls and he puts a star pattern on his chest. He's like, now I'm Kenshiro from Fish of the North Star. You know, he also dresses up like Devil Man, like Godzilla, like an elephant. Just he's a very unconventional teacher and he's insane for it. Another running gag is that he's constantly saving people from trying to kill themselves because they jump off of a building or they jump off of the school, they fall off of a tower or so on and so forth. And ironically, he constantly ends up destroying the vice principal's Toyota Cresta, which is just this ultimate running gag because he keeps destroying Uchiyamada's Cresta and it's always him rescuing students and it's just... He gets so completely enraged. He thinks Onizuka is trying to do this on purpose. He's like, he's trying to drive me insane. Damn you, Onizuka! And it's just, he's trying to help these kids. Because one of the kids was suicidal before he met Onizuka. And now he grew into himself. Because he was a geek and he had no friends. And Onizuka became his friend. He's his only friend and he got more involved with the class and got better off. Onizuka, like I said, he deals with problems just like a gang member would he just he thinks about the situation not logically but he just says okay this person's depressed for this reason I'll make him laugh or this person's really uptight why don't I scare the shit out of her and she'll realize what's going on you know and he's a genius for it uh, after the whole him winning over all of his different students because there's a lot of students and I'm not going to go into all of them or go into any bits and pieces and a couple of other things you have this new principal show up and she wants to get rid of Onizuka and of course Onizuka will not give up and he won't and I'm not going to spoil the ending because the ending is awesome the whole series is great um, art style is very at first it's a little weird because it's very detailed it's insanely detailed but it has that kind of very grungy and well strange look to it at times like when Onizuka is making his weird faces it looks very unusual, but it's supposed to be very chibi-ish, but not chibi. So that's kind of where that goes. And then you have a lot of detailed and some things. Like when you first see Onizuka's room, it has it's insanely detailed. You see all this stuff laying all over the place. You see porn mags, a blow-up doll, a ramen cup, which has a hole cut in it for some odd reason, and it's sticky. I don't want to know. <laughs> and, well, what am I going to say? What can I say except that the art style I really enjoyed about it and that's why I like this series why I picked it up because it was a unique and different style and I know I'm using unique and cool and great over and over again I'm sorry I just I'm too invested in this manga I'm too I am it's a great manga and if you're doing a disservice to yourself you don't read it um last thing I should definitely say about this though is that there is a well there's a couple of very not good things for young children. There's a lot of sex jokes. There's a lot of drug references at one point. There's some very disturbing characters. I mean, there's one teacher who turns out he, because he's a very twisted individual, has a whole, not bukkake, but a um, shiza fetish. He likes watching girls relieve themselves, perform elimination. You have another teacher, uh, Suguru Teshigawara, who is a stalker. And he's like insane stalker, like cameras everywhere, blow up pillows of his the girl he's obsessed with. And it's kind of disturbing. Like a lot of the villains are villainous characters who have just, they have problems. And it's, I, I can't describe it. Like if you're under the age of 13, 
your mom would see you reading this like what the hell's wrong with you because there's are some fucked up things in this there's you know you have one friend of Onizuka's who's a really corrupt cop like he's trying to order a hooker at one point another time he says oh I need to help me get some objects out of this boat and he's pulling out these things like he pulls out Prada bags guns koala bears slaves and he's like oh they're just robots there's nothing wrong these are hair dryers and they're from Japan and and he's really corrupt. Like you see all these corrupt people he deals with and all this stuff. Um, well, I know I've been babbling and saying weird shit. And I'm sorry, this episode should be a lot better, but it's not. And I feel bad for that. But, either way, some of the highlights of the manga, there is, well, besides the whole one student who's the super genius, Rumi, you have another character named Slomoko who becomes a supermodel because of Ikichi's, well... He has faith in this girl who everyone thinks is retarded and makes her into something that makes her happy. And she's a really good character. And she's in a cutie hunting costume at one point, which is really hot. I'm not going to lie, it's hot. I mean, she's 14 years old and has an F cup, but what am I going to say? I'm a guy. It's, it's cute. It's really hot. But anyway, but one of the really funny things is later on, he has to arm wrestle 100 guys in a row or else the teachers will be executed. And he ends up doing this. And it's funny because some of the lineup, you have one guy who looks like he's a mutant, another guy who looks like surprisingly like Jason from Friday the 13th, and then you have a mysterious long-haired character who looks like he's the main villain from Tekken. I don't know why. It's obviously an in-joke. There's a lot of little in-jokes for geekery and stereotypes. I mean, there's a huge Ava obsession that uh, Akiji has. Another thing is he loves video games. Like, they make reference to Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy, and uh, I'm going crazy i'm geeking out too much i'm sorry guys anyway doesn't matter doesn't matter this is like i said this was made into a tv series and an anime and both diverge slightly like the tv series has a completely different ending and everything's a little out of order it's still fun especially the music you can hear in the background i've been playing the second opening hitori no yori throughout the entire review pretty much it's because it's such a fucking awesome song i love it and I've also played the opening to the actual live-action TV series, which is cool, but it's a little different because one of the big differences with the live-action show to the manga is that Akichi is... Actually, he wants to be a teacher. It's not because of the fact that Akichi wants to find a young girl and marry them. He actually wants to be a teacher and just impart his knowledge on the world, and that's what he wants to do with his life. It's not like it's just a side thing that he grows into because Onizuka doesn't like teachers. It's not like he's I'm a great teacher he says straight up it's like I don't understand why I'm want to be a teacher I mean I don't enjoy reading I don't enjoy teaching him stuff I'm more like a kid that's why he wants to be a teacher is because he enjoys just being with these kids and fucking around with them he's not a real teacher but he does his best to teach them out teach these kids the right thing to do and just perform well for them and that's the cool thing about this is that he's a character who with all of his flaws tries his best and he does succeed i mean at one point he has to take uh national exams and what happens is if he doesn't pass the national exams with the highest score ever he's gonna he's gonna be fired and they're gonna just get rid of him and what happens is he ends up taking the exam which has 500 questions in one hour because there's an altercation with one of the students being kidnapped by these people who are going to make a porn film with her and he goes rescues her and he also was shot mind you 
So he did a five-hour exam in one hour while bleeding profusely in one hour after failing the majority of his practice exams. He does, and that's a lot of effort. And what happens is that they end up rigging the... The teachers end up rigging it so he actually... The chairman rigs it so he wins. So he gets a 500 out of 500. And what happens is that one of his smarter students, the one who made the composites, made two answer sheets, one for himself and one for Onizuka. And he took Onizuka's. So what happened is that he goes and he grades it himself. And it turns out that he actually did get it perfect. And, you know... He goes later, he sees Onizuka. Onizuka's outside his window saying, Hey, I need your help. We gotta take the mosaics off the porn on the computers at school because I'm having some problems. Look at the porn. It's like, oh, damn it. So he's driving around. He's like, hey, Onizuka, what do you think you got on the test, really? I mean, honestly. It's like, 100 all the way, baby. <laughs> and then he gets pulled over for pretty much driving without a shirt on. He's that type of idiot. Um, oh, that was something I completely forgot. One of the conditions of him working at the school is he actually lives in the school, lives on top of the stairwell. So he's like a night watchman, teacher, and also he cleans up the school at night. So he's kind of like just all these things mixed in together, and it's kind of, well, it's sad, <laughs> but cool at the same time because his secret headquarters on the top of the stairs is where all of his stuff is. He's got, like, TVs, he has porn playing, he has video games, and all these manga and all this other stuff. It's always a hangout for a lot of the kids, and... I want to go crazy about this, I really do. I want to say all this cool stuff about this, but... I'm not going to deprive you of the awesomeness which is Onizuka. And so, with a unique story about a character who's too stupid for his own good, but smart beyond his years... And with unique background characters and other things, I have to give this manga, Great Teacher Onizuka, by Toru Fujisawa, really, really, really fucking cool. It's an awesome fucking series. And, you, like I said, you're doing a disservice if you don't read it. Some people might say, oh, this sucks, it's bad, I watched the anime and the first episode was bad. You have to watch it completely, or you have to read it completely. You can't just read one, you just gotta keep reading it. And it's good, from the beginning to the end. I mean, the first part is hysterical, where he's trying to scam this girl into saying, Hey, I'm a, I'm not a bum. I'm a writer for a soap opera. That lady's just taking my name for it. And I have a, be, a beamer. It's like, really? You have a beamer? Oh, yeah, take the other stuff. Okay, no problem. In the back of his head, he's thinking, Why am I lying to this little girl? Why am I fucking telling her bullshit? And when she calls him, says, Oh, I want to see you. I can't wait to see your beamer. He's like, Oh, shit. Uh... Sees an Audi and he goes to the guy and says, Give me your fucking car. Look, I'll trade you my Nike sneakers for the car. I hope a size 12 fits you. Now get out of the fucking car. So he jacks a car for a pair of Nikes. Nice. Perfect fucking logic. And he does crazy shit like that. And it's just completely out there. Like you think, what the fuck? And it's funny. It's really cool. So definitely check it out. Definitely worth reading and definitely worth reviewing. Hmm. I should go on further. I really should. This is the 15th episode, but I am completely utterly blah right now. I'm just all psyched about Onizuka. I could talk about Onizuka for hours. But I'm not going to. Because this isn't a synopsis. This isn't a thing. So, what else should I be talking about right now? Well, of course, the 15th is coming up. And for those of you who don't know, the 15th is our one-year anniversary. So, if you want to send one-year anniversary congratulatory messages or voicemails, you can send them at 
spirekin at gmail.com or zan.spirekin at gmail.com. You can also call us at 206-426-6665. That again is 206-426-MONK. Of course, besides that, I do have t-shirts to give out. So if you send me a voicemail, I will send you a t-shirt. No problem. Besides that, check out my articles on anime3000.com. I think my newest one is the Liar Game one. It's pretty cool. Leave a comment on there. Also, check out the fightbait.com forward slash forums. They're pretty cool. And also, I got my forums at spirekin.rapidboards.com. I'm always trying to get more people on there. It's pretty cool. I have a couple of faithful people who've written on there. If you're right, I will answer and we'll talk. So, besides that, we have our contest still going on. The design a opening, closing, or promo for the Spirekin Monger View. People are still wondering about that. And, actually, for this episode, we do have someone who sent a response for the Become the Voice of the wheel of manga let's hear how she does and it should be pretty cool i'm going to use that for the opening because of course i sh- she deserves it because she worked hard on it and i think it's pretty cool so without further ado here is ruby and hikari for the wheel of manga it's time for me to introduce the one the only the wheel of manga with your fantastic host sam now, what he does every episode is pick 10 titles and put them onto his fantastic wheel of manga. We'll then spin it, and whatever number it lands on will be the title of the next manga that he will review. Now, don't worry, he doesn't do this biasly, because if he does, I'd come and hit him over the head with a very big stick or a paper fan. Whichever, I don't care. So, I guess it's back to the normal show. Goodbye! So now we are ready for the wheel of manga, and of course, I'm going to spin the wheel of manga, and whatever number it lands on, that's what I'm going to be reviewing for episode. 52 of the Spark and Manga Review. I know, like I said last week, 51 was done last week, and that is, of course, for Pluto. So, this episode I'm going to be spinning for the year episode, and we'll be back up to date by then. Hopefully it'll be all good. Because I'm not going to spin on episode 52. So, let me spin the Wheel of Manga and see what it's going to be for this episode. Nice spin. And number 7, and for the Spark and Manga Review... Number seven, I am going to be reviewing Flame of Rekka. So, episode 52, I'm going to be reviewing Flame of Rekka. That's kind of cool, shown in fighting series. That should be fun. I believe that's it for this, the 50th episode of the Spyrokin Manga Review. I hope you guys enjoy this show. You can contact me, like I said, zan.spyrokin at gmail.com. Of course, spyrokin at gmail.com. I am on iTunes or Podcast Pickle where you can subscribe. You can also check out the website, sparkin.podbean.com, the forum, sparkin.rapboards.com. All this information, of course, is in the show notes. You can check it out there. And check out some of the pictures from Sakura Matsui. They're on the website. And, as usual, this is your host, Alexander D'Artagnan Villanueva, a.k.a. Zan. And, yes, that is my real name. Thank you very much. It's not made up. I really have a regal name like that. Anyway, hope you've enjoyed the show. And I'm Gonsville. Later.